0: Welcome to The Refresh from Insider. I'm Rebecca Ibarra. I'm Dave Smith. It's Monday, August 8th, and we're the podcast that updates whenever there's news. All day, every weekday.
1: Here's the latest.
0: President Biden's running a victory lap this morning. Well, maybe not literally, I'm pretty sure he's still getting over COVID, but he's very happy. The Senate passed a $740 billion economic package on Sunday, thanks to a tie-breaking vote from VP Kamala Harris. The bill raises taxes on corporations, helps people afford health insurance, and it's the biggest federal package to fight climate change yet, 400 billion smackarinos. As you know, it's been a long, tough, and winding road. New York Senator Chuck Schumer spent months wrangling his caucus to secure all 50 votes. Because we've really, we've changed the world in a way that you rarely get an opportunity to do that. In Albuquerque, four separate killings of Muslim men have the community in a state of fear and panic. Three of the men were killed in the past two weeks, the most recent victim on Friday night. Police say they believe the deaths are connected and are intentionally targeting the Muslim community all four victims attended the same mosque. After several days of violence, Israel and Palestinian militants in the Gaza Strip announced a ceasefire last night, and it seems to be holding. The truce follows three days of violence that left 44 Palestinians dead, including 15 children. Israel said it was making preemptive strikes on targets of an Islamic Jihad militant group in Gaza the town of vincent alabama has disbanded its police force the entire three-person department the dramatic move comes after al.com revealed text messages between two of the officers that contained a vile joke about slavery and one of the officers involved was the police chief which prompted the city council to get rid of the police force altogether for now the local county sheriff's office will cover emergencies in the town of 2,000 people that's less than my high school Labor shortages are making air travel a total nightmare for passengers and companies alike, and it sounds pretty dire for Qantas, the big airline out of Australia. Qantas needs baggage handlers for the next three months, and it's asking senior executives to do the work. They'll have to handle bags in four to six-hour shifts, three to five days a week. Senior executives, dear Lord.
1: Today and every day, we're updating the refresh from Insider as news happens, so check back whenever you want to know the latest. Anyone with an office job knows how grueling the 9 to 5 can be. You know, you're expected to be constantly chugging away at your computer for 8 to 10 hours a day or more five days a week. But how many of those hours are you actually productive? Ed Zitron writes about tech and business for Insider, and he says the reality is people just can't be productive for so many hours a day, and managers need to overhaul their entire way of thinking about productivity if they want happier and, yes, more productive workers. So, Ed, what do you mean we can work less and be more productive?
2: So, the reality is we're already working less. Most people cannot work for eight hours a day. It's actually neurologically kind of hard to do with a knowledge worker job. And there are actually diminishing returns past the 40-hour work week in general. Mm. But really, the core of it is there are a lot of business owners, a lot of executives, vice presidents, whomever, management sect, who truly believe that eight hours is what the value is, not the actual output. And it's despicable.
1: You cite research that says the maximum amount of hours we can actually concentrate is around five hours.
2: Well, there's that research and other research that actually says even less. We're actually productive for for about three hours a day. But what that really means is if you are staring at a computer for eight hours, it's borderline impossible to actually keep fully engage that time it is mentally stressful and so five hours of actual work does make sense because people do procrastinate work but the reality is if you sit there and force workers to just stare at the computer for eight hours a day and their work is the same as five hours you're an idiot if you're trying to recoup those three hours because happy workers work well They work harder, they're more efficient, and also they're less likely to quit.
1: There's a whole like TikTok genre dedicated to making fun of office work by office workers. But one of the things that they make fun of is work about work and you actually write about that. What is work about work?
2: It is busy work. It is, oh, agendas. It's, it's, oh, document filing. It's a pestilence in my industry in particular. People love making documents to show the work they might do based on another document for a document. This stuff kills people. It ruins your life. It slows you down. And it gets in the way of actually contributing in any meaningful way.
1: So you write that the pandemic exposed, you know, this charade of employers urging people to work longer rather than smarter. How so? So... In
2: an office, you would have middle managers. Middle management needs to go almost entirely. Middle managers were basically hall monitors. There was a big performance in the office for a lot of people, for managers, for workers. And there were a lot of people who were very good at looking busy. They'd be like on the phone. They'd, look, they'd be typing really loudly. They'd always be at the office late. You leave at 5.30 p.m., which is the end of the day. They would scowl at you. They'd say, oh, okay, oh, must be having an easy day. <laughs> Removing the office meant that these people had no way to really prove that they were working extra hours, which was stupid anyway. So, if someone is worried they can't see what their workers are doing, they just don't understand what their workers are doing, they just, oh, I can see them, and thus I know they're doing something, that's a completely insane way of looking at stuff. It's just a completely bonkers idea. It suggests that one's presence is entirely indicative of one's efficacy, which is just wrong on almost every level that it can be.
1: Speaking of that, so you run your own company, as you said. How do you practice what you preach? Do you practice what you preach?
2: Yes, so we've been remote since I founded the company in 2012. I am confident there have been work weeks where guys work maybe two or three hours a day, don't Mm -hmm. really care, clients are happy, I'm happy, everyone's happy, everyone gets paid the same as they would if they worked eight hours. Practicing what I preach is mostly down to not really caring about out. As long as I get responses, and if someone's out, if someone's like, I am sick, cool, okay, I know now. I don't have to worry about that. But for the most part, it comes down to are your goals here? Are the things that we are doing being done? Are the clients getting coverage? And they are. Are the op-eds being written? They are. Are the things being edited? Are the press releases going up? That's all that really matters. And I my guys are predominantly on the East Coast. And I know they, I don't know when they wake up and I don't really care. I, I just don't care. I never have. The work is done. Why would I be mad?
1: They're happy, I think. They seem pretty happy. Ed, thanks so much for chatting with us on The Refresh. Thanks for having me. Ed Zitron is the CEO of PR and author of the newsletter, Where's Your Ed At?